Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another spring training episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Tonight, we kind of have a special episode. We have never done this before. We are going to be chatting with the women of Red Sox Nation, some of the more, uh, you know, prominent Twitter accounts in, in Red Sox Nation and just kind of get their vibe as we're, uh, you know, waiting for the uh, developments of spring training to play out. Um, some stuff we've actually covered on the YouTube channel, uh, Bayo and Whitlock not slated to uh, be ready for opening day. Uh, we also talked about Connor Wong's uh, hamstring injury and the implications that could have for Jorge Alfaro. That stuff on the YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, Nick and I covered that. But let's dive into this. I, I think it's going to be a fun episode. And uh, let's start with Kayla. Like, what what's your story in a nutshell? Hey, everybody. So I'm from Western Massachusetts. Uh, been a Red Sox fan my whole entire life. Uh, currently, I'm a student for speech language pathology, and I'm a ballet attendant. And uh, been a huge fan of this show for a few years now, so I'm really excited to be on tonight. Well, it's good to have you. Kayla and I actually interact a lot, and she sees uh, a lot of my memes, some of <laughs> which I probably would never post on my Twitter timeline. So, you know, is, is what it is, but, you know... Kayla, you know, shares uh, some of hers as well, and I laugh my ass off. Um, so also joining us is uh, Janice. And uh, Janice, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I may as well just throw this out there. We're very similar, and I, I've seen people in the past, not recently, but uh, refer to you as, as the, the female version of me, you know, because of your... <laughs> You're, you know, you get fired up sometimes and, uh, you know, sometimes the homers get a little, you know, upset, but, um, I've always thought it would be fun to have you here. So, uh, we appreciate that. So you're from mass, correct? Yes, I am. My whole life been a baseball fan ever since I can remember. Um, I'm an only child. So my dad and I, our bonding thing was sports. Um, I'm kind of living vicariously through him. He passed away in 2003. He never got to see them oh. win and he was a lifelong fan. So he was one of those people that it was a bittersweet moment when I, when they won in 2004 and he was the first, the first thing I thought about when that, that final out was made that I wish he had made it to see it. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I have heard the rumors that we are, you know, very similar in our takes. And I guess it comes mostly from people who don't like to hear the truth. They only want the sugar-coated version of la, 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 everything's pretty, everything's wonderful, nothing to see here. Um, and I just can't do that. That's not the kind of fan I am. I love them when they're great. I still love them when they suck, but I'm going to say that they suck. Um and, yeah, you know, I, my opinion is what it is. Do I think I'm always right? No. Um, does it come from my heart and not from a stat sheet? Yes, it does. Um, and I'm not going to take when someone says I'm not a good fan. I think I'm an amazing fan because I live and die with the team. And I always feel that they should be fielding a, a contender. I feel like I want to win every season. And I feel like mm -hmm. sometimes John Henry and the powers that be don't. And I say it. So if that's not popular, whatever. 
I think you just summed it all up perfectly, uh, Janice. And um, also, I, I've shared this on the podcast before. Uh, my grandmother was a huge Red Sox fan, uh, Celtics fan as well. And um, she died in 2002. So never, uh. never got to see it. And, uh, you know, so and then where I've really felt the most fortunate, uh, you know, 2004, obviously cool. But when they won it in 2007, I logged on to ESPN after the celebration was done. And of course, the Red Sox were the top story, but the title read twice in a lifetime. And I just I just thought of my grandparents and uh, I wish they could have seen it. I wish they could have sure. saw Big Poppy and how nuts Jonathan Papelbon was and uh, John <laughs> yep. Lester, you know, would have been. We are been... spoiled, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't want more. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And uh, yeah. All right. And uh, last, certainly not least, Melissa, how are you? And uh, where I'm are you from? Good. I am from Texas and um, actually became a Red Sox fan. And like when I was in between 16 and 17, I dated a guy that was a Red Sox fan and it stuck. And matter of fact, I became a bigger fan than, than he ever was. So um, yeah. And it's uh, kind of contagious with people that have been around me. My husband's a huge fan now. I have ex-boyfriends that have tattooed, Red Sox tattoos now because they <laughs> became fans. Like, they're family, raising their families. Like, we go to games. Like, my ex-boyfriend and his family and, I, and my husband and my family go to games in Houston together. Like, it, you know, it just... That's fantastic. Yeah. We just... it's uh, So, it's, it's kind of like um, the, the community of it, the Red Sox Nation. It's... I mean, I wouldn't call it like a cult, but it's kind of like a cult. <laughs> kind of like once you're in there and you're involved, and the the community is just great. The the love you get, and then and sometimes the the hate, sometimes the the fighting, the disagreements, but mostly lately on Twitter. But you know, and I'm more of the opposite of Janice. <laughs> more of the like, you know, oh, have like I try to just always see the good and everything, which but which I see the truth but I don't like to say it out loud, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to be positive. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to manifest it. You know, that's, so I don't know. That's me. <laughs> you know, from the outside looking in, I mean, we interact a, a fair amount on Twitter, but um, you know, you, you seem like a very safe account, you know, it just, you, you get along with everyone and you have a, I think your following is actually bigger than the, the bastards uh, account as know. well. Now, are you are you near Houston? Yes, I'm like an hour and a half away. Oh, gotcha. So mm -hmm. you go to Minute Maid quite a bit, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. And in my whole life, I went to, well, I went to Astrodome when I was a kid, and so yeah, but not to see the Red Sox, of course, because that was before I became a fan. <laughs> so, yeah. do you ever get like verbally accosted while you're there? Um, I didn't until after 2017. Oh, um, of course. I actually have a video. I should share it. Like, I'll share it soon. There is a lady that is like a few rows down. This was this was the ALCS game two, 2021, and she is like lower than me, and she just keeps like, like saying like you know, zero one, zero one, like, cause they, you know, won the first game, whatever, you know, or one is whatever. She just kept going off and like saying, boo, boo, that was a foul. Like there was a whole group of Red Sox fans right there. We just met each other. We became instant friends and we're yelling for everything. We're being loud cause it's annoying her. So we're obviously going to do it more than we were. 
and she ends up standing up, turning around. I slowly have a video of it, and she just sticks her tongue out. She's like, like sticks her tongue out at us, and like just keeps, you know, like just bullying that whole group of people. It was, it was great. It was awesome. But I haven't. That was the only thing I've had. My friend Christina, she's on Twitter. Also, she's had people um, throw popcorn at her. And she's from the Houston area, like, you know, south of Houston. But, yeah, same thing. And But until then, like, when I would go years before that, everybody would be like, oh, man, we suck. Y'all are going to win. Like, this game's going to suck. And, you know, they would, like, talk nicely. Now they're – it's not like that anymore. <laughs> See, I'm probably more positive on the Astros than most Red Sox fans because they've knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs four times. So if I, if I went to Minute Maid, I'd kind of be the peacemaker. You know, If I didn't, if I, like, I used to not be like, okay, fine, I am I grew up, I'm okay with Astros fans. But now it's, I live here and I have to deal with it. It's annoying. They're very annoying for the most part. I mean, part. I'm with you on that, Terry. They though. are so... So yeah, um, it's ironic. The one ALCS game that I went to at Fenway in in 2018 was David Price's outing against the Astros. Can you believe it? Of all people, (laughs) I got the tickets because I I was part of the lottery. I got picked for the lottery. So I was able to get the tickets and I couldn't believe it when I said he's like my least favorite person on the team. And it was him starting. But he did okay, so I can't complain. They won the game and everything. But uh, I remember Melissa, that. That's incredible. I never would have guessed that you weren't a native Bostonian. I always really just. I always thought that I, I just take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm like, no, really. I mean, you were such a, you're such a great fan that I Thank never you. it never dawned on me. I always assumed Thank that you. maybe you moved to Texas, so no. from here, so no. so yay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> and actually, real quick, because I've already kind of forgotten. Um, Melissa, go ahead with your Twitter handle. Oh, it's um, Addict Socks. So like backwards than Socks Addict. So my name is Socks Addict, but it's Addict and then Socks. Gotcha. I hate that. It's because Socks Addict was already taken. And that person doesn't even, isn't even on there anymore, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've been being called to calling myself Socks Addict since probably 2007. It's when I met like Red from Surviving Grady. And I started like oh. <laughs> being his spokesperson and his like model, his clothes and and now we're business partners. So, um, yeah, so, you, yeah. Oh, that's you do cool. have a lot of merch, which uh, they can probably mm-hmm. find right on that account as well. Yeah, socks. It's socksaddicts.com. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah. And uh, Janice, go ahead. Where can they find you? At Chestnut Hell. C-H-E-S-T-N-U-T-H-E-L-L. Okay. And uh, Kayla? Uh, it's at Phil with two Ys. All right. So let's kind of get into it a little bit, uh, starting with Kayla. Um, Where are you at with the Sox? Like, what's the forecast look like for you from your point of view? Um, Unpredictable, I think. it's. I feel like it's a lot of unknowns right now. There's been a lot of changes. Um, We had some people leave. We had some people join. Um, I think it's a good thing, though. Uh, I think that you've talked about it before, Terry, where there needed to be a refresh in the chemistry. And I think that we kind of have that a little bit this year. I mean, we've seen the reports from spring training about how the vibes are good. And, you know, some of the videos that I've seen, it, it looks like they're happy. And I mean, I know it's just spring training, but it feels different than it did last year in a sense, because 
I mean, even when they were hitting home runs and doing their, you know, cart run, they didn't look happy. You know, Mm -hmm. they just, it wasn't energetic. I don't know. I just can't put it into words. So I just feel like this year with a new group of guys, you know, they, they have a chance to come together and put something new together. And one thing I thought that was interesting in the beginning of camp core mentioned, um, you know, he talked a lot about how his message to everybody was that we have to be better. But then he said at the same time, it's a different group. And one thing about the group, they don't really care about what happened last year or the year before mm-hmm. or 2018. They care less about those guys. It's a new season. And there's a lot of good things that are happening right now. We're trying to connect, of course, in the clubhouse and off the field and all that stuff. And I think that's a good message to put out, you know, in the beginning of the season, just because it's true. Like, Justin Turner doesn't care the, about the drama that happened last year. He wasn't here for it. So why should he care? Neither does Adam Duvall or any of these new guys. You know, they're coming here because they want to they want to put together a team because they want to win. I mean, they're not coming here to win, but they also don't care that those guys were moping around last year. So I don't know. I'm intrigued by it. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued and I'm excited. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I'm already, you know, our two youngest starting pitchers aren't going to start the season. And, you know, the Mm -hmm. 35 and 37 year old is like, you know, these are the guys I thought would struggle, but but the vibe is different, and we'll uh, we'll get to that in a bit. I know Melissa wants to uh, reference a, a Kike thing that came to light today. <laughs> but before we do, uh, go ahead, Janice. So where where are you at with the team? Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this after you gave me such a great shout out about my occasional negativity. <laughs> but I I'm not I'm not as as negative as I think I should be. Does that make any sense? I'm. I, well, let's hear I the rest of it. <laughs> on, okay. Well, I mean, I can list all the reasons what you just said about the starting pitching, um, all those things. I think to, to expand upon what Kyla just said, uh, Kayla, sorry, um, a big part of what went on last season, no matter what anyone says, is is Bogart's contract hanging over mm, the clubhouse like a pall. And it Mm -hmm. bothered Devers and it bothered a lot of the other guys that were there. And it was on everyone's mind. And we've seen this happen before. It happened with John Lester. Um, You know, it happened with anybody that got a low ball insulting offer from the Red Sox, anyone homegrown. The biggest problem, in my opinion, with the Red Sox, I know I'm jumping everywhere, is that they don't want to pay their homegrown talent. And that is Mm -hmm. now widely known throughout baseball. Mm -hmm. The whole Bogarts thing pretty much sealed if anyone had any question about it there's no question about it now so the point is if you get drafted with the Red Sox now you know you're not going to get paid when your time is coming so you know that like they did with Mookie they're going to take you to arbitration if they can Um, you'll never convince me that the reason that Mookie had a bad taste in his mouth and didn't even bother to try here is because they took him to arbitration and um you know, what point is having a great farm system? You can have a couple of good years with Mm -hmm. a couple of good players. If you hit the lottery and you get a couple of great prospects, but then you don't pay them. And then you're doing this constant rebuilding, constant scrap heap, uh, searching constant, uh, 
trying to figure out what works and what you can cobble together for a team. And they think that because it worked in 2013, that that formula can continue to work for them. And the chances of that are so small. And you know what? I think a lot of fans are really just disgusted with it. This is a team, I think, as I said before, that should be able to compete and put a contender on the field every single year. Every fan should expect nothing less from Fenway Sports. They have the money. They have the fan base. They have the interest. They have everything that a team needs to invest in. They get one of the highest ticket prices every year. The park is always fill when, filled when they field a good team. And still, they keep trying to do it on the cheap ever since, really, I want to say really 2013. 2018 was an anomaly. It was really very lucky. But really, since 2013, they've tried this cobbling approach. And they hit Pager with it in 2018, but they've let everyone go. And now, here we are as fans We've just had it. I mean, I know I've just mm-hmm. had it. I didn't pay any attention. Once the offseason materialized and all these, you know, the, the few good free agents that were available came and went without even a sniff from Heim Bloom, I just stopped paying attention. I mean, I watched one spring training game the other night that was on Nesson, and I watched Faria, whoever he is, come in and, like, look horrible. Like, every single thing he, you know, pitched went off the bat like a bomb. Um, it's like, where are we? But in spite of all of that, I still don't know. I still don't have as bad a feeling this year as I have in the past. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be hopeful that maybe this congeals and, and at least is a competing team. Although I don't know. I really don't know. It all, it all comes down really to what Chris Sale does. If Chris Sale mm-hmm. gets injured again and Chris Sale can't pitch, we don't have Ivaldi to come in and eat innings and, and you know, occasionally look incredibly dominant. We don't have that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, can Whitlock do it? Can any of those guys really do it? Uh, uh, I don't I'm not going to so. lie, Janice. I had a news alert pop up on my phone earlier with Chris Sale's name on it. And before I really oh, no. looked at it, I thought it said that he was – my first thought was <laughs> – this guy's already injured. Yeah, I mean, right, the season. Right. But it was just that he was pitching, I think, Monday, or he's finally yeah. going to oh, make God. his uh, debut Monday like, or something like that. You know, I need like to get him Red some bubble says, wrap. Like, bubble like Red wrap. says, like, what hap- Like, what's likely to happen? You know, like Chris Sale breaks his hand eating mm-hmm. yogurt or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that ridiculous. Yeah. I, he, I think he just hurts himself just breathing, really. But. <laughs> But go uh, ahead, yeah. uh, Melissa. So where where are you at with the team? I'm kind of the same. Um, before spring training started, I was kind of like, oh, "What is this going to be like?" Um, but the like Kayla mentioned about the vibes. I'm I'm a vibe person. Like, and um, it's just been um, that been way better than it has been. And just seeing um, Kike rise and become like a leader and like. And like the the face of the Red Sox right now, you know, I mean, of course, a leader and I feel like the real face is Devers. But right now, Kike is kind of rising and just taking that position and um, and him with Turner and just just watch Casas. I love watching him and his shenanigans. I love it. He that, you know, I, um, I feel like if they're not having fun, then I mean, I just feel like it helps. It, but um, I feel like. Uh, 
watching these games, like the game today made me really happy. I was in a bad mood and it lifted my mood. So many and, runs. Oh my God. Oh so yeah. I was today. like, um, so, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what Yoshi can do. I was like the, I guess the first game just seeing him out there. I was like, okay. I like the way he moved his, like his hit, like some, the way he just moved. I was like, okay, he might, this could be a good thing. And so it's just, I think, um, I, as a cautiously optimistic, I have PTSD, Red Sox PTSD <laughs> is a real thing. And, um, so, um, but I mean, I've been hurt by them many times. So, <laughs> but I always take them back. I'm, it's like, I have a, what's called Stockholm syndrome. That's what, <laughs> that's what I have. So yeah, so I'm, I'm optimistic, but also not, I, here's what I think. I think that I'm not going to want to die after every game this year that I might be able to enjoy some games. That's what I think. And maybe when, like, I was thinking like close to 80 games, maybe it's going to be more now. Like, but at first I was like, mm, it's going to be under 80, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm trying to be more optimistic, but. Well, worst case scenario, they do what Kike apparently did in his pants oh, yes, in the yes. 2020 <laughs> World Series. Yes, the, yes, that was a great, that was a great little uh, video watching of him and, uh, <laughs> and JT talking about him 2020 taking antibiotics oh and, and yelling and sharding. Oh my yeah. god. During a game. That oh was my god. A beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> that will that will never not be hilarious. Did y'all listen to him mic'd up today? No. No, oh today I didn't get gosh, to I didn't get to so see the game. Funny. So him and Jared Carabas went and did like I kind of like painting with a twist where they did, they drank wine and uh, last night they um and did painting. And so he was talking about that and talking about how his, how his painting was so much better. And I think God, what did he call himself? Um, God, um, Kikasso or something like that. Oh, Kikasso. <laughs> he's oh, just great. God. He's a great personality, and he really has surprised me out there with some of the like I've seen him do some plays at shortstop, which I was a little pessimistic about him playing that. Um, but I actually have been, you know, like not disappointed so far. With him playing shortstop, so I was kind of excited to have him move to shortstop mm -hmm. just because I feel like well, he was very he, confident about it. So I was like, okay, yeah. He's, well, he's more he's of quick. an infielder than an outfielder, mm -hmm. honestly. Exactly. So I think exactly. that should be kind of a natural fit. But I mean, just think about it for a minute. This is the Boston Red Sox, and they don't mm -hmm. have a real shortstop. They don't have a real like a like a like a original like my first position is shortstop kind of guy last mm -hmm. year they didn't have a first baseman yeah do you know what i'm saying like this mm -hmm. is this is not how a top tier top market baseball team with all the money that they have operates which is why i cannot i cannot i cannot give any like credit to heim bloom for anything i just think he's done a god-awful job I hope that they prove me wrong this year. I really do. But I just, just listening to this, it's like, well, I'm so glad that they moved Kike to shortstop. It's like, he was in the outfield last year. I'm yeah. like, what is he going to do next? The clubhouse attendant? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. That's what I was, so when I heard it, but he, his confidence about it, he was so excited. And I was like, and then hearing AC talk about that, the thing he was most impressed with was Kike, you know, when they were practicing that it was, 
seeing how well he did. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll have some hope. <laughs> I got to hope because I just, yeah. you know, because baseball is just so important. It's just it so is. important it to is. all of us. I, I feel <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's just a facet of life. And to like, for the first time, like I didn't even care. I mean, I'm going to Florida. Of course, I'm going to go. To, I'm going to Fort Myers. I'm going to go to JetBlue. I'm going to see a game. But um, I just have no interest in going anymore. And it's, that's never been who I am. Mm -hmm. It's never been who I am. I, I did go once last year. It was a work outing and we ended up winning the game, but it was just, I was so disinterested because they were out of it at that point. They were mm -hmm. just, you know, doing whatever. And, you know, everything was in Xander's head and the whole team was just, you know, that the whole team was just waiting to see what mm -hmm. was going to happen with him. And it was just really an ugly time. So I hope that, like you said, like now that there's a little bit better, energy in the in the clubhouse that mm -hmm. at least the games are more fun and exactly that's what i'm thinking if at least we can watch it and and maybe enjoy it because we don't want to just like you know kill ourselves or whatever <laughs> yeah i mean i have a friend that's, that's thinking about coming out because he's a tigers fan and he's living in denver right now and he's thinking about coming out um, in August when the Tigers play the Sox here. And it was like, well, what, it can go either way at this point. Exactly. <laughs> the tickets can be so cheap that the gift card that I've had for three years that I got for the Red Sox will get two tickets. Or <laughs> Yeah, I am a glutton for punishment. I went to Fenway in September of last year, a, a Yankees series. Oh, so God. That was fun, which we actually, like, we didn't get blown out, but my friend that was with me, she's like, I'd rather just get, you know, like beaten so bad instead of this back and forth. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was rough, but I was just glad to be there. I had, uh, one of a customer that buys a lot of shirts was like, I'll buy you tickets to Fenway. Um, and I was like, okay, let me book a flight. Let's go. <laughs> so, oh, and then, wow. yeah, so I didn't even, the trip was mostly, it didn't even cost me much. So like it was, uh, was that but, your first time? No, no, I've oh, been okay. before. Mm -mm. No, I had been before. Where do you guys like to sit? Like, do you have a favorite section when you're there? I sat directly behind home this time, like 10 seats up, like 10 rows up. That was pretty nice. It was it was very nice. But I have a firefighter buddy who has um, season tickets, but they're all away in like straight center field. And I mean, they're not mm. bad because you're see everything and they're not super high up. So Anytime we go, I always ask my dad to grab me a grab me tickets from this guy. So, where's your yeah, favorite usually, place? I usually sit in the loge boxes. Yes, I have a that, friend that had season tickets. Yeah, on the third mm -hmm. baseline. I did. I've done third base there, and then I did grandstand, like, um, like kind of above home. Like mm -hmm. last time we did that my, one uh, night, and then we did it. Sorry, my uh, my Good, first okay. ever Red Sox game. I remember I was eight years old and it was the Yankees Red Sox game. And we sat on the first base side and it was me, my grandfather, who's a Yankees fan. My aunt, uh, who's a Yankees fan. Oh God. My <laughs> uncle, who is thankfully a Red Sox fan. Um, and the Red Sox won. And I just remember my uncle and I were just cheering right in my grandfather's <laughs> face. Just like, right. yeah, like, you got to <laughs> And I mean, uh, my, my uh, whole mom's side of the family are, are Yankee fans. So I grew oh. up 
and there are all these old school Italians. There are all these big Yankee fans, and it was always a battle. It was always, Kayla, you're a Yankees fan now, right? And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm still a Red Sox nope. fan. And I stuck my guns my entire oh my life. Gosh. And now I have a six-year-old that I'm trying to do the same with. I'm trying to make him a avid Red Sox fan, so... I didn't sometimes, give my children a choice. They didn't have a choice. He <laughs> like, me. I will like, disown nope. you. <laughs> Anything he'll pull else? He'll my he... leg sometimes. He'll be like, Mama KK, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm like, heck, you are. No, you're not. Yankees fans allowed in this house. <laughs> my kids thought Yankees was a bad word for, for like the first whatever part of their well, life. It is. Just, I mean, it is. If they saw like a Yankee sign on a car, they'd be like, Mom, they have a cuss word on their car. Like they, you know, yeah, it was... <laughs> Yeah. You're raising those children right. <laughs> exactly. Which now they're all grown and they, they, you know, like they were never like you can date whatever fan, but you cannot date a Yankees fan. Like, and when we were at Fenway this past time, I noticed so many couples, one wearing a Yankees jersey and one wearing a Red Sox jersey. And I'm like, there's no way I can't even let a Yankee fan touch me. Like, alone, <laughs> them. no, I'm not happening. <laughs> My favorite place to sit there, believe it or not, is actually up in the Coke seats. So you're up on that okay. upper deck. But the, mm -hmm. the cool thing about it is it is a really nice view. You can see just about everything except up against that left field wall, like in the foul zone. But the, the nice thing about it is it's at the end of the line up there. So you kind of have your own bathrooms which are never crowded you got your oh. own concession stand oh that's cool i've never sat up there yeah it's i i would try it and usually unless it's like a yankees game the the tickets are probably i don't know 70 or 80 bucks so not like super expensive but um certainly not behind home plate have you guys ever noticed uh there's always a gentleman behind home plate and he's an older guy and he's got a white moppy hairstyle mm -hmm. you yes. guys have seen mm -hmm. him I have, yeah. yes. His his mm -hmm. I, I won't say his full name because I've never I, I haven't gotten his permission to talk about him, but um his first name's John. And I connected with him on Facebook and for the longest time he kept trying to get me to go to a game and uh you know meet him down there. And I finally did, uh, I think it was in twenty nineteen. Um it was a uh it was a Sunday night game on ESPN against the Dodgers, and uh ironically a David Price start. But um, uh. and he's my least favorite Red Sox player of all time. Uh, but yeah, just a really cool guy. And you'll even like if the Red Sox are doing good, he'll be on the road. He'll be front and center at Yankee Stadium. And and uh, it was just such a cool. If you ever see him down there, he's the coolest dude ever. Just go say that's hi. My dream life right there. Just to go everywhere they go. That is my that. That's what I want to be when I grow up. I actually, I actually told him. I said, John, if I, uh, I said, when I die, I want to come back in my next life as you. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's from the Midwest too, so he's got like, uh, he almost sounds like John Candy. That's the mm. way he comes across. But yeah, I, uh, I haven't been to Fenway since right before the 2021 playoffs, and at that point, it was like a couple weeks before. We lost both games to the Yankees. One of them, I was there with Charlie, and we just got, I think Evaldi got lit up in the first inning, gave up seven runs. We were out of it. Second game, uh, we were ahead for the longest time. Pavetta, I thought, was going to get killed, but pitched his ass off, and it was Darwin's in, of all people, that blew it, gave up a grand uh. slam to, um, who was that, Stanton. So, 
just that I'm, was a sh- what a shock darwinson gave up a grand slam yeah <laughs> and he'd been pitching okay like, and then but you could you always knew in the first at bat if he had it or not and he was all over the place he was in the dirt and everything and uh, the bases were loaded and i'm like oh this is gonna be a wreck and sure enough and then the that was like it must have been the bottom or the top of the seventh because right after that inning everybody's souls got like sucked out of them, but we had to sing sweet Caroline. You know? oh, <laughs> that is rough when they lose Like that is so rough. <laughs> that, that absolutely is. Mm-hmm. So what, what's a player on the team, I guess, starting with Kayla that you're most excited about of like the new people that, that were signed. Definitely Yoshida. Yoshida. Definitely, yeah. 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 I mean, just all the things you've been hearing about what kind of hitter he is and you know, how he played in Japan. I don't know. I'm just intrigued by, by what he's going to be able to do. I mean, who knows? It could go either way. He could totally suck because he can't keep up with, you know, the American pitching over here, or he might not. I mean, we don't know. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited because I played outfield and I played left field when I was in high school. So I don't know. I'm kind of biased in that opinion and that respect, I guess. But um, another fun fact, I found out recently that the school that I intern at, Peter Fatsy's kids go to. Oh, oh, wow. He's the hitting coach for the Red Sox. Yeah. 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 So I didn't know that until my supervisor told me that one day. So I wonder. Small world. Don't know who they are, (laughs) but but it's pretty cool. So that is cool. I wonder if they wear people out with that. Like my dad's a coach on the Red Sox. Uh, right now that would actually probably backfire, but yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think that gets you too many points <laughs> yeah. this year until they prove something. So Yeah. If we're um you know, if we're good though, then then they, they have the ba- uh the bragging rights. But who who do you like of the new cast of characters, Janice? Um I'm intrigued by Yoshida. However, I have dice K derangement syndrome. So any <laughs> Japanese player <laughs> scares the living daylights out of me. Um, Koji aside. Um, I'm intrigued actually by Justin Turner. I'm I'm mm-hmm. hoping I watch a lot of Dodgers games and he always seems to come through with a big clutch hit. Um I'm hoping that a change he's a he's a change quote unquote change of scenery guy. I'm hoping that a change of scenery for him brings that back, that clutch back because that's something that we, you know, that that JD used to do, come up with a big booming double or a big booming home run and he didn't do that at all last year and it it hurt a lot. So I I'm very intrigued to see how he fits in on, with the Red Sox. Um because he's a, ca- a bit of a character too, so mm-hmm. I wonder if if that will give them a little bit of a spark. Mm-hmm. Um, he's because I still feel like Devers is like still an unknown. Like there's so much raw talent there. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very interested in seeing how he does without Bogarts there. I completely as, agree with that. Mm-hmm. As a mentor, I, you know, as a you know, like as a big brother kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but just I, I, it. He'll either just kind of rise above it and go on, or it's going to show. Yeah, because he wears like his heart on his happen. sleeve. He wears yes, his heart he on does. his sleeve. He always did. He you can, you can, it's all over his face every mm-hmm. at bat. He's very emotional. He's very. Um, 
Um, you know, he's very reactive to what's going on around mm -hmm. him. And so I feel like he can't just come to the plate and tune it out. Mm -hmm. so, he's like childlike, but not in a negative way. Like it's okay. just, it's just, he's so like, it's like a childlike heart. I think no, so he, he, here, he grows up he too. His, yes, he yes. puts his whole heart into his mm -hmm. playing. He yells at himself. He hits himself. Mm -hmm. Like he's very, very invested in doing a good job. But like, I don't know which direction that will go now without, because I know that Bogarts was a big influence on him, mm -hmm. both in his play and in it personally, you know, as a mentor. So definitely, that's another big question for me. And Turner, really, I think he's going to be the guy hitting behind Devers. So he's got a huge yes. responsibility. Yes, I heard I heard that Cora said that he is going to be most of the time hitting behind Devers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully Casas emerges as that, you know, heart of the order guy. But the problem is, is he's a lefty. So it, it's unlikely mm -hmm. he'll ever be back to back with Devers. And, and Yoshida's a lefty. So mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that lineup gets gets worked mm -hmm. out but who, mm -hmm. who do you like melissa i actually agree with both of them because but i was actually going to answer both of those um because just the excitement the newness and just all the everything that's gone along with hearing the news about yoshi it's like okay i, I want to see this and i've watched videos of him playing over there and i'm like okay you know um and then i think um uh, justin like with Kike together, like that chemistry they have, it just adds, like she said, like there's, it's, a, it's a spark. It's a chemistry. It adds. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, that's cool. But besides, of course, like besides just people we just brought on, Bayo is who I'm most excited about watching for the whole year. You know, like that's, I just love Bayo. So I'm sad that he's not going to be well, you know, ready for opening day or whatever. Yeah, he might miss one or two turns through the rotation by the sound of it. I feel like the one guy not enough people are talking about, and I, I think the the lack of the guys in the rotation might be a part of it, but Kenley Jansen uh, is our closer, and, and he led uh -huh. Major League Baseball last year uh, uh -huh. and saved. So, uh, I mean, when have we ever paid for a closer? I don't think we ever have. I mean, Jonathan uh -huh. Papelbon was homegrown. We traded for Kimbrell. Um, but this is the first big fish we've really gone after. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I guess, well, we did go after some other guys, but they weren't necessarily closers. I know Andrew Bailey was a, was a big acquisition. He kept getting hurt though. So, uh -huh. yeah, I mean, case in point, go back to that 2013 team. Koji was like the sixth choice. Like so many guys had to get hurt that Joel Hanrahan, we traded for him. From the Pirates. Yeah, he was oh going to be our closer. I know. Tommy yeah. John in April. Andrew Bailey got hurt again with a shoulder. Andrew Miller was like emerging as one of the next great late inning guys. Breaks his ankle. Um, I yeah, feel like that was on, that was yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing mm -hmm. one more. And then it, it came down to Koji and Tazawa, who was really good that year. Um but Koji wanted out, and Tazawa ended up being more of the eighth inning. Do you guy. remember Tazawa's very first appearance? It was in a Yankee route. 
They brought him in one night when the Yankees were killing us. It was his first appearance just to just to take to take the pain. That was his very first. I'll never oh, forget gosh. that. I don't know. Like, oh, that. God, this poor guy. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. It was, it was a long <laughs> time ago. It was so oh. bad. Oh, my God. So bad. Oh, I completely man. forgot about Kenley, to be honest with you. That's, that's I yeah. forget I about him, too. I, I forget about that. I completely forgot I know. Forgot I forget him. about it, too. And then I'll hear somebody talk about it, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the the problem is, is you got to get to him for him to be relevant. You know, you got to get mm-hmm. to him with a lead, and uh, you know, there's a lot of skepticism, uh, you know, about the team. As I'm the only co-host of, of the five regular bastards uh, hosts that um, that have put out a number, and I honestly, I only have us winning seventy four games. So um, Charlie will probably one up me, I bet, but. Um, but I hope I'm wrong. I was way off, obviously, in in 2021, and you know, two games from the World Series. Yeah, that was like a weird, like that was just yeah. Not- <laughs> Next <laughs> definitely to- couldn't have predicted that. Right. Next to last series of the year, we're dropping it to Baltimore in these must win games, and they're god awful that year. And mm-hmm. luckily, we swept the Nationals uh, three to nothing and uh, managed to get in. But, but. Yeah, but we they definitely I think they won what 92 games definitely um exceeded expectations. So um I that's about all I have for you. Is there anything you guys want to any thoughts you uh want to get out there or Yeah, real quick. I actually just want to go back on uh something Janice brought up that I liked. It was about um uh, Devers and and how he will be, I guess, without Xander being there. And I completely agree with everything you were saying. I think that, I think, I think it's true. I think, I think that this is the year that he'll, maybe he'll grow up, you know, like he doesn't have big brother around anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of things out there talking about how he wants to win a gold glove and how he's doing, putting all this work in, you know? So I think he's really trying to emerge as more of a leader and be more of a presence in the clubhouse, especially after getting the deal done that he got done. You know, that was probably something that was looming over his head for a while. So I think that that'll be a positive thing for him this year. So I'm really excited to see, I guess, how he'll develop throughout the year as well. Well, I think the flip side to that coin is though, now he's got the contract to live up to. Mm -hmm. So he has a different, I mean, I agree with you totally. I mean, I I think that all those things are, are are very valid. I mean, I think this is, a kind of a a turning point for him, but there's the pressure of the money. There's always pressure Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're a player, there's either the pressure to get the contract or the pressure once Mm -hmm. you get the contract. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't like contracts that big though. I I mean, I'm glad we have them, but I don't like, and I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I don't like 11 year contracts or contracts Mm -hmm. that large because there's just so much risk in it. And like you said, he now he has to live up to it. Yeah, and so I feel like it's become I, the new norm now. Like that's going to be more and more. But of honestly, the risk is the the risk is completely absorbed by the Red Sox by the by mm-hmm. their you know that he's got no he's going to get his money no matter mm-hmm. what. But the but because he is so emotional and sensitive or whatever, like I feel like he probably feels it a whole lot more than other like for example david price mm-hmm. <laughs> he's sensitive in a different way but like he's like <laughs> just give me my money you know what i mean mm-hmm. 
um, yeah. you know, sensitive that he gets criticized when he does a bad job. Whereas Rafi criticizes himself. He beats him, literally mm-hmm. beats himself up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's that, there's that aspect to look at too, but I, I, it's, there's just so many, so many things that, that you just can't predict. I mean, you can't predict baseball and this year for the Red Sox. There's just so many mm-hmm. things you can't predict. Um, you know, like Terry said, you have to get to Kenley before you can see what he can do for you. You know, exactly. you have to, you have to, Chris Sale has to be healthy and, and, you know, to see what he can do. And I don't know. It's like, but again, I'm going to say for some bizarre reason that I absolutely despise explanation. I'm not as negative as I start other seasons out and I have no I love why. that so much. Like it makes me so happy. <laughs> Just you the know, fact that you say so, that. Like, because I've known, like, seen you that you know, like you Yeah, like, I mean I do you are a realist. You are a realist. You know, I'm, I'm a realist and I, I'm up when they're up and I'm down when they're down. You know, it's mm-hmm. just that's that's the way a rider die pan is. And you know, some people just don't get that, which to me mm-hmm. just translates to the fact that they don't really understand what a real fan mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. A real fan isn't always waving the pom-poms when things aren't great. They call it as mm-hmm. they see it. So, um, I, nobody wants them to do well more than I do because I, you know, my, um, my mood comes and goes with the red sauce yes, all yes. throughout my life. So they yes. know it work when I come in in the morning, yes. if they won or they lost most of the mm-hmm. time. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yep. We'll see. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on with me, and maybe we could make this an annual or twice annual thing, uh, you know, yeah. in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think the sure. audience this was fun. probably definitely. enjoyed it as well. So Definitely appreciate you having us on. Yeah, thanks. For sure. yeah. Lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys might, you know, enjoy, you know, sitting in this seat. Uh, and doing it as well but uh i i think again i think the audience uh will enjoy it and um we're three or four weeks away from opening day and uh, we'll we'll see what happens and uh for the listening audience we'll probably be back on sunday to uh discuss any more developments we'll probably have some injury updates and um what have you so everyone have a good uh rest of your week and uh, a great weekend as well take care